Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. It's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Reno's in. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Justin is in studio with us in the Finley Toyota Studios. Damon is here. 90 minutes away from the uh, Barry Odom radio show, Parkway Tavern, 215 and Flamingo, and then uh, tip-off of the Running Rebel season, 630 with Running Rebel warm-up with uh, John and Curtis. They'll take you right up until tip at 7 o'clock. If you want to watch on TV, I think there's five TV games, or yeah, five games that weren't picked up by national TV. I'm doing TV tonight with Matt Neverett on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. So Awesome. Isn't that an aggressive pitch? No. Like, if you want to, yeah. you can watch it. Yeah. Maybe if you want to check it out. Yeah. So it's a home game then, huh? Yes. Oh, I got to get down over to UNLV for other things, so I got to prepare myself. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Shouldn't be too big of a crowd. Though. Obviously, I have to... Whoa, whoa, whoa. How dare I, you? I have to get over there as well, so uh, we were talking... <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> we were talking a while ago. We were talking a while ago trying to get across the strip. Oh, I know. Um, I got to figure out a way how to do it, so... I mean, UNLV's not bad, right? Because I could just take 215 and take the airport. That's that's the that's the way to get there. That's but, the way to go? Okay. And, and, and the little... You know, I my daughter is in diving, and they do it on UNLV's campus at their aquatic center, and so I go there four days a week. Usually, I do a little shortcut through the T&M. You get into the parking lot without having to go by the hard rock over there. But I'm not going to be able to do that tonight. Can you? Because every day is different. No. Every I- day is different. Cutting through, the, the the term cutting through has changed. It's a day-to-day what do you mean? Ordeal. You you never know. You never know what's going to be redirected or lane closed. Well, or... I can't cut through because it's going to be an event. Yes. So I have to pay to park. I mean, maybe somebody would be cool if I went up there and be like, hey, I'm going to the aquatic center. But probably not. You nailed it. You nailed it. You said it. I wouldn't. Right, Damon? What? He, I don't know. He's bringing the toughness to the show today. I would say I'm a student. That's what I always say. And they let me right on through. I don't think that's going to fly for me anymore. Not work. I got gray in the beard. I don't <laughs> think they're going to. I'd more likely say I'm a professor and maybe they let me through. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Come on, all this basketball, all this NFL, all this college basketball, uh, upheaval in baseball, hockey tonight in town with the Kings taking on your Golden Knights, and you've got pickleball in the run now? I don't know if you noticed it, Steve, you know, because you were over at Parkway Tavern yesterday, but during the show, Adam and I are in studio, and pickleball's on TV, and you got Dirk Nowitzki playing against Jason Kidd, who is the Mavericks' current head coach, just playing some national pickleball. Tony Romo was on the broadcast. I wish I could have turned it up, because I had 50% of my attention on Adam, and I had another 50 on ESPN. For this pickleball, like I felt like Adam yesterday at a hundred percent on pickleball, but we were also having some some tech issues. So who yeah, who's that hockey player? There's a hockey player who plays. He's a retired hockey player who plays professional pickleball now. He's I think he's like one of the top three people yeah. in pickleball. I can't remember. I just saw the video on him. Um, just I'm won a, some national tournament. I never do this because uh, this is like the the material of comps. Greg Salerno and Greg's what five eleven four forty. Um, and he says all the time he can play any sport. He can beat WNBA players. I think with a little bit of training, I actually could be at least a an elite pickleball player in Nevada. Uh, 50 plus. Uh, 50 plus. Uh, 50 plus. Hold on. I'm in the 53-year-old division. Justin, 
Just that bracket. I was just going to say this. In the March of 1970 bracket. No, so I'll say this. I play pickleball fairly often oh, over at the gym, right? <clears throat> and That's me, a me and a buddy, we play yeah. often, and I think I'm decent. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at ping pong. I'm yeah. okay at tennis. Yeah. I played a former tennis player yeah. the other Thank day. You. He was a business guy. <laughs> he, he does my insurance. I didn't know. I didn't know he was a former tennis uh, player. He played tennis at UNLV, right? I played dude. him. Yeah. A whole another level, yeah. dude. I couldn't see. He, we were playing. He was playing with his girlfriend, and we were playing fours. And he could have beat the two of us by himself without any help. He yeah. was so freaking good. I couldn't even. I couldn't even return a serve, dude. It was. That's awesome. There's a whole other level. There's a whole other level. I have no shot. No, fifties is something. I, I, you I know? think. I think I could be respectable, uh, lumbering around out there. Such uh, as so many former athletes. That's the problem. Into it. I know. Yeah. What is this? This was supposed to be an old person sport. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Dude. It was for sixty and seven year olds. They come down in the fifties for people like me. Right. I'm excited less, for the pickleball less. club that they're building right down the street here. Wait a second, where's that? Yeah, right at the bend. They're building a pickleball like, like a well, top golf for pickleball. Okay. Now, is this for regular people or for yeah. country club types? Well, probably. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know how you I know get, how, you, I you, get know, you the invite. You know how tennis works. Tennis, <laughs> tennis, all of us, all of us middle class folks, right? Come on, we got priced out of it. Yeah. Well, maybe we well, can get like priced into it. I, want, I just wanted to add that Scotty Scheffler, I want to say he's top five in the PGA Tour rankings. Yeah. He beat the world's number one in pickleball today. Oh. It was doubles. Oh. Wait, it was doubles. But Scotty Scheffler. I, I told you, these new sports between the excitement of pickleball and where it's going and also the excitement of power slap and where that's going to go. The, the field is so small. Nobody cares about When the world slap. gets involved in power slap, no. you're going to have like these crazy – you know, freaking Iranians and dude, I'll watch almost anything. I will not watch Power Slam. It's a great sport. No, it's terrible. Oh, when a body the whole like pre- that? the whole premise is terrible. Right. Like the whole no, I'm out. I'm how out. Much, how much does a pickleball? Paddle. What is it called? Paddle? Yeah. Well, my wife got like four paddles for the family off of Amazon for like 20 bucks. You don't want to play with those paddles. <laughs> no. <laughs> like a good paddle? Like 180 to 250 what? bucks. Hey, yep. No, I was going to say, no, I was going to say they're pretty affordable. I used to work at Big Five. And it would always be. Bro, everything's affordable at Big Five. Doesn't mean you want to play with it. You're talking about trying to be a nationally ranked 50 year old. You can't be going in there with some. I, I'm out. I can't afford Big the sport. Five paddle. Come on, I bro. Can't afford the sport. No, hulas. The hulas are the paddles. Those, huh? those are they're all textured. You put spin on the ball. It becomes really hard to handle. You can't get a hula for under 160. What about head rackets? What about those? The old brand? Nah. No. Was it Giannis? What was that? What was that other one? Hula. That's what you got to get. Hula. J O O L A. I think we're already out, Tuan. It's for it's a Brazilian pickleball player. He's oh, really? he's the guy. There's already like legends. There's a, I guess. No, he's, he's like Pele. I don't know. It's the guy. He's the guy who the the these yuppies that, that have the money to spend. <laughs> he's like I'm That's a former great. He's like buy it from my brand, and they're like, oh, he's the best. All right, Devon, <laughs> challenge accepted. You get your big five paddle. I don't even have an expensive paddle, but I've got like an intermediate paddle. We love. By the way, we love big five. <clears throat> Comedy loves. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So discount sporting goods store. Don't get a cheap rack. In general. Okay. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Advice is you got to spend a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Get a racket under a hundred bucks. I'll get a racket over a hundred bucks, and then we'll play and we'll see. And you'll be able to tell the difference. Then we'll switch. We'll we'll switch rackets with each other and see the difference. It's a massive difference in pickleball. Spin is everything. I never got to a high level in tennis. Uh, I I kept with the 1983 head racket. That John McEnroe used in the U.S. Open. Sure. So it was just the the wood, the <laughs> surface was just not big enough. So yeah, uh, it may fall. But I'm already behind the times in pickleball. All right, number three. 
Number three. So I'm trying to figure out, like, we're bringing in the smartest people that we have. Con- we don't have any smart people, but uh, Justin is one of them. Why has this year been so low scoring? Why are teams allowing garbage quarterbacks to play? Why was Carson Wentz, who, like, people will write off and say is awful, but he's not Tommy DeVito or what? who's the guy who wouldn't even sign with the Rams, the, the Wolford, the Wolfman? What happened to the quarterbacking position where there's just there's guys on the sidelines are like, eh, not worth the money? I don't know. Injuries? I mean, I mean, well, here's I, my theory. I, I, here's my theory yeah. is like things have gotten so complex in that role yeah. that there's very few people in the world that can handle it. Physically or mentally? Both. I mean, mentally it's gotten so difficult. Yeah, I I think it's spending so much money on big time quarterbacks and yeah. not and, and just going, you know what, we'll just have, you know, quarterback number thirty eight in the world be our number two. Like, no. You have to have a decent backup. Well, I mean, who who's who's the best backup in who's the best backup in the NFL? Like, technically, I don't even know who backups are right now yeah. because like nine of them are playing. The, the guys that oh, I yeah, wanted, right, that's true. the guys that I wanted the Jets to trade for, yeah. uh, when Wilson went down at the beginning of the year, were Minshew, but now yeah. he's had to play because of an injury. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who hasn't yeah. played because Sam Howell has played fine. Um, Taylor Heineke, who is now playing. I like there were about five backup quarterbacks yeah. who have started enough games. I thought they could go out and be respectable and at least you know can can throw the ball a little bit where you're not. Stuck, freaking out if your quarterback has to throw more than twenty-three I mean, passes. If Dobbs was available, and the Jets didn't go after him, man. I mean, I, I like Dobbs on that list. I like Heineke, but I like. I mean, what Dobbs has already done in one game with the Vikings is pretty impressive. I mean, Jameis Winston is just wasting away, and I, I don't care what people think of him. He ain't no, freaking think, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, he's not Matt Barkley being signed off the street or Jacob Eason being signed off the street. Who Barkley signed with? Uh, Giants. The Giants are like, you know, we're just going to get, we're going to have three threes and they're going to battle it out. Like, they yeah. don't want to win. We know right. what they're doing. Right. But there's sure. there's good organizations, you know, and then as I say all the time, most of the league is really between about six and 11 and 10 and seven. Yeah. And then you just throw away your season by not having a backup quarterback. I, I don't get it. And then we're seeing the results. We're, uh, th- these numbers from Matt Jacob, who's on with us on Mondays, are amazing. Um, point totals. Uh, for the prime time games have just plummeted. The under is now 12 and 1. 12 and 1 since week 5 in prime time games. That's crazy. And it's boring football in these think about the networks. They're like we're paying billions of dollars for 17-14 or worse? Well, I mean a couple of prime time games I could just think of when you put the Jets on there, they're defensive oriented team. You know, they're going to be low scoring. That's where they want the game to be. Um, so I think part of it is team selection and team structure. They're picking some marquee teams that happen to be more defensive oriented. You've got some of your traditional like offensive juggernauts who are playing better defense this year. I'm thinking the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. right? They're more defensive than they've ever been. So I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had any primetime game that I watched and was like, Oh, this is so terrible that I don't really want to watch this. Right. Um, so I've been entertained. Yeah. I'm projecting. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm projecting. <laughs> it's me watching the Jets and every yeah. week. The margin of error is so friggin' small yes. because uh, Zach Wilson has about l- literally four passes a week where you're like, okay, that was an NFL quarterback. And the other 26 attempts are split between poorly thrown balls 18 times and eight sacks. So how do they miss on that? I mean, how do you go to scouting and you go and watch this kid throw a ball and then you go, that's our guy? I mean, do the Jets just have that bad of scouting on the offensive side of the ball? Because defensively, they seem to be picking winners, yep. right? They seem to be drafting winners. Um, but offensively, they, they, they just can't seem to get it figured out. They missed on this dude, and 
you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of New Jersey and New York fans. I think they're obnoxious, uh, and I'm from there. Um, they're kind of getting what they deserve. The Giants completely blew it with Daniel Jones. So yeah. they put they and Jones now is going to be sidelined for a while with an ACL. But I mean, those Jones were those is, were top ten picks. Jones is way better than Wilson. I mean, Jones is never going to be he's worthy better. of that top ten pick, but he's way better than Wilson. Oh, I'd much rather have. And Wilson had, was in a draft with lots of other quarterbacks, and nobody else was talking about, like, I think we're going to get Wilson, you know? <laughs> it seemed to be, were, like, manifest destiny that the Jets were going to end up with Wilson. They loved him. And, and everybody else was like, okay, take him. I'm going to call an audible. Go to number one in the Big Four. Number one. We'll shelve the other topic for later in the show. So you mentioned diving. You mentioned responsibilities just over on the east side. This is a big game. I know it's early, but is it much bigger for the Kings than the Knights tonight? I think so. I mean, I, I actually, if I were betting, I'd say uh, the Kings win this just because after after the Golden Knights lose a game, you know, they were holding on to that streak. They were holding on to the point streak. I, I anticipate they're going to be a letdown. You know, they played three games and was it four nights, five nights, four nights, um, and traveled back and forth um, to Southern California. Uh, I mean, obviously, I hope VGK wins. Uh, I I think that they need to create some separation, and the Kings are the second-best team in, in the division right now. So I hope VGK makes another statement like they did at the Colorado game I was at last week, which was so much fun to be at. <laughs> <laughs> My kids loved it. Uh, the number is minus 130, so a slight favorite for VGK. This hour, today and every day, 4 to 5 o'clock, is brought to you by Battle Morning Injury Lawyer, 766. 1400 is the number. Dial 775 in the north. Offices all over the state of Nevada. Especially Reno. So dial in now. It's Cofield and Company. Live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Uh, Damon is here. Justin Watkins is in with us. Voice of reason. Uh, we could do hours. There's so much stuff going on. He's got really good sports takes, and he's the sensible fella uh, in the Cofield and Company crew. Uh, give Battleborn Injury Lawyers a call if you need advice, you need help. And I, I'm sorry to be so demanding to Reno. Like, call in now if you don't have an issue. You don't have to call in, right? Seven six six fourteen hundred is the number. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. All right, let's get to the CFP. Okay. Right? Yes. Maybe you're the only person aside from me on the show who wants to talk about it because the other guys just, I get mad. I get mad. Because I still get sucked in. Yep. I still get sucked me in. Me too. So the last CFP, um, your Beavers were 12. I know. So still very much alive because there's a lot's going to happen in front. And obviously, the Pac 12 schedule is a freaking minefield. So we'll see how that turns out. But right now, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, excuse me, Florida State and Washington, one through five. Then Oregon. Yeah. What do you think of that top six? How I mean, many, how many I, of those teams above them could Washington and Oregon beat? Every one of them. I really think I, I really think I, that Washington and Oregon are the two best teams in the country. Maybe. I I actually think uh, it's going to be interesting. I actually think Ohio State is is better than Michigan. What? Uh, yeah. Did I you do. did you pay attention to the game last week? I was texting you about it. 
No. They could have been down like 17-7 at the half. Oh, you talking about your Rutgers game? Get out of here. They were. It was 9-7 yeah, at the I half. Know, I know. Whatever. They rushed for 220 on them. Hey, what, That's a distressing hey, sign for what, Ohio State. What kind of coach you got who's kicking field goals inside of the He's 20? He's scared. Yeah. He's scared. He's not aggressive. Oh, I'm not. I wasn't defending him. No, you were. I know you were. No, I was mad. Yeah. I, I te- I did it. I just wanted a record. I'm like, I'm going to text someone. I'm going to predict the score because I know what happens when you kick field goals yeah. from inside the five. Yeah. You lose against yeah. powerhouses, and they wound up losing 35-16. They just couldn't keep up. Yeah. I mean, just watch this. Next year when Washington and Oregon are in the Big Ten, then yep. they will be in the top three in the same situation. The Pac-12 is by far the best conference this year. They've proved it out of conference. They've proved it in conference. They are the best. Washington and Oregon are clearly the cream of the crop. Oregon State's right there after them with Utah and I'll say UCLA and Arizona. Now Arizona is just a tough out now. Um, it'll be a big game. Oregon State's got Washington at home, and Oregon State plays way better at home uh, on November 18th. Uh, I expect them both to win this week. That'll be a matchup of potentially two top tens. Uh, and if Oregon State wins that game, it doesn't guarantee that they go to the Pac-12 title game but it could derail Washington. So let me read it again. The I, top. I, I don't think there will be uh, – to answer your question, I do not think there will be a Pac-12 representative in the college football playoff. I don't think so either. They're all going to knock each other yep. off. And, and I mean, Washington does have a shot. Oregon's got a shot. And Oregon – I actually – I think Oregon's playing better football consistently than Washington. If Oregon and Washington play in the Pac-12 title game, Oregon will win. It'll be a neutral – it'll be here in Vegas. Oregon will win that game. And then they will essentially knock each other out unless yep. they get a ton of breaks in front of them. Yep. So Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. By the Vegas odds, the rankings are Florida State, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon. Ohio State is five. Okay. <laughs> Texas is six. Washington, Alabama, Penn State, Texas and is six Louisville. is a joke. Texas is should have lost two other games already this year uh, against non-quality opponents. Uh, they're a mirage. So you just said Ohio State is better than Michigan, but Vegas says Ohio State's fifth. Well, we'll see. They're going to play. And Let's four. see what happens when they don't have signs, <laughs> advanced scouting to see you're, what goes on. You're going to get sued. Uh, remember last week when I sent you uh, some rando jabroni Ohio State fan? No, uh, Michigan fan. Michigan it was fan. Who, well, I don't even know what he, I, I sent you. It was Ryan Day. Could be yeah. brought up on RICO charges for, oh, for his lawyers God. trying to collect it. I'm like, what? what is going on? Did you hear the, the origination of that whole story? No. It was all just a joke uh, uh, that was said on a podcast by a former Michigan assistant who was like, oh, Ryan Day is doing this. And he said he was joking, but then they reported it as fact, yep. and then it just spun out of control. And you know, all the Michigan men all over Twitter are like, see, everybody's doing it. And they all post this, this article that's garbage, that's not true. None of it's true. I'm so glad you mentioned the term Michigan man. Yeah. What a joke. Yep. It is a joke. The, 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 that whole crew rounding up mm-hmm. to just act like children. Listen, if you're a college football fan, you're allowed to be objective, okay? You don't have to back everything your dirtbag coach does. Yep. You know, my school has had some dirtbags. And, you know, the, the whole thing is someone else can coach the football team or coach the basketball team. It's going to be okay. Right. You don't have to lower your standards, your ethics – that much. Um, did you see that uh, Boo Corrigan said that the Michigan science stealing, uh, stealing scandal uh, didn't come up in the committee room, which I, I mentioned last week. If I was on the committee, that would be the reason I would explain behind my number one ranking. Uh, they cheat. They have an edge. 
We have to respect that. And he said, it's an NCAA issue, not a CFP issue. I, You're not going to think about that at all. I agree with them. What, they don't have. A, they don't have an investigation panel. Like how? All right, would, on that front. That you, on that front. Okay, it right? hasn't been fully investigated, and they don't have the team to investigate it. So how are they going to consider it as a factor based on what news reports? See, it's the eye test. <laughs> yeah. Don't they always go by the eye test? What I saw in two Michigan games was a team that knew the other team's plays. Yeah. Well, did you see that video come out of uh, of uh, oh god, what's the what's what's the kid's name? Scallion, Sa- yeah, Stallion, Stallion, who goes right up to the defensive quarter and is like, "Run right, right before the play <laughs> happens." They run right and they collapse on it. Oh, oh, there's there, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think if you were the NCAA, you need to accelerate this investigation. I think there's already enough smoke to for there to be punishment come down. There's no way you can allow them to play in the Big Ten title game there's no way you can allow them to be a representative of college football playoff but about, they will but they will how about new mexico with a good sense of humor i never sent this out but uh yeah you did i did yeah oh, okay I, I don't know what uh, the uh, the internet down there was terrible but it was a uh, sign towards the end of the game they're getting blown out but they were kind of welcoming people to the game and they said welcome connor stallions spelled incorrectly uh welcome connor stallions in brackets parentheses probably yeah i love like, it he's everywhere <laughs> yeah. he's probably scouting here that is funny you don't need to scout new mexico um, UNLV. <laughs> Never know. Michigan could tumble. UNLV yeah, could win. That's right. Uh, that's L- right. LA Bowl or something. Hey. I don't know what the matchup is there. Um, all right. So, Pac-12, we always get the update on the lawsuit. It's the Pac-2 against the teams that are leaving. So, yep. what now? So, next, we got a, we have a hearing on the preliminary injunction. All the other teams have said, hey, we we agree with Washington that uh, Oregon State and Washington State, their new position is Oregon State and Washington State can't have control, sole control of any of this year's assets. They have conceded beyond this year, Oregon State and Washington State have control of that. But they said this year's assets, they don't have control. Oregon State and Washington State have been submitting evidence to the court through motions and, and getting ready for this, this hearing, this evidentiary hearing for a preliminary injunction. And they've included all the correspondence and, uh, that happened after USC and UCLA and then Co- Colorado left that all the Board of Governors meetings, all the board, board of Governors information, and none of those three teams were included. But here's the thing that's, that I think the most recent thing that I haven't seen yet pop up in those filings that needs to pop up and needs to be part of the argument, and that is, well, the Big Ten just had a meeting amongst all of their commissioners and all of their coaches to talk about the Michigan cheating scandal and what's going on, and they want to hear from everybody. You know who's on the call? USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. Oh, wow. They are being heard yeah. for this year. Double dipping. In the Big Ten on what their business should be, and yet they're still arguing that they should be heard in the Pac-12, a rival conference at the same time. That's an end game. It's over. You can't claim to have fiduciary duties to two different conferences at the same time. I think them jumping on that call was a major faux pas, and so I, I expect that to be a critical part of that hearing that happens next week, and I'm waiting to see that evidence. I object! It's a joke. Strike that from the record! Boy, that was Justin in court right there. DeMond and I were both like backing up a little bit. We're like, whoa, he's getting pissed. <laughs> he's, bar- he's freaking backing us into a corner. That's right. All right. Well, I'll allow it. You'll- <laughs> 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 Judge <Demond. Yeah. laughs> Judge Cotton. All right. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so on the, the whole Michigan thing, going back to what I said earlier about, uh, you know, the CFP should be addressing it, but they can't. The investigation is not done. Do you have RG3 here uh, backing Michigan saying, hey, you got to give this time. Let's actually get the information. All right, people, if you didn't know, Michigan is under investigation after allegations that they broke and violated NCAA rules by illegally obtaining signs and signals from opposing teams through an elaborate advanced scouting scheme. And here's my take on it all. First and foremost, due process has to run its course. Do the investigation, gather all the facts, determine that they are guilty, and then punish them. I've heard people go so far as to say that Michigan should not be allowed into the college football playoff this year. And if the investigation is complete, and you find out that Michigan is guilty, I've got no problem with that. But to jump to a conclusion right now without the investigation running its course, ooh, wee, 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 that does not sit well in my book. Most wanted man in America right now is Michigan or former Michigan analyst Connor Stallions. He's the one that's alleged of making this elaborate scheme work. And he claims that Jim Harbaugh knew absolutely nothing about it. Now, Jim Harbaugh is a very hated man in college football. But if this does turn out to be true, it happened under his watch. And he, of all people, knows he's going to be punished for it. But again, let due process run its course. It's not guilty until proven innocent. It's innocent until proven guilty. And until that process runs its course, the kids at Michigan, the players, should not be punished. So I'll start by saying this. I like RG3. I like when he's an analyst on games. I have tons of disagreements with everything he said here. Number (laughs) one, there doesn't need to be due process. We're not dealing with constitutional rights. We're not dealing with the loss of liberty. Nobody's going to jail here. There is no obligation on the Big Ten to do due process beyond what their charter says. Number two, I think that they could kick him out of the CFP right now just for his other inaccuracy. Connor Stallion said that Jim Harbaugh knew nothing about this. Untrue. Connor Stallion has refused to participate in the internal or external uh, uh, investigation, and based on that alone, they could be punished. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Have we talked about White House visits for all these teams over the years? We have a topic. I don't know. Sometimes we get into the uh, stories about certain people saying they're not going to go. And (laughs) well, I do know that. the Las Vegas Aces' most recent White House visit was run by Kamala Harris, um, and there was a lot of locals that were there. So um, that's the only that's the only story that I remember recently. Okay, have you been to the White House before? I have been. To, I've been to the White House before. I was actually just there for spring break. Oh wow! And uh, looks like I'm going back on Monday. What? Wait, what? What's going on? I'm going here? back on Monday. Uh, they're they're the White House is honoring VGK and. Um, God bless whoever put me on the list. I don't know. I, I literally don't know what who is it is. Special invited guest yeah. along with the organization. Yeah. I told you, you always <laughs> try to minimize when I say you're part of the founding 50 or 75 or 100. They remember you over there. Maybe. I don't I don't know who it is. And Justin uh, Watkins. And so dignitary like, <laughs> for the Vegas Golden Knights going to the White House. I called up my ticket lady and she was my ticket rep and she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like oh, wow. so I was like at first I was like, Oh dude, I got scammed, right? Different department. Like, yeah. So but no, I it's didn't not, get scammed. It's not your tickets. No. <laughs> you are a VGK original. You are a dignitary. I do, I, we'll find out. I'm sure I'll find out as of Monday, like how it happened, who got me on the list. But as of now, I don't. I have no idea. And I've and I've tried to 
do a little investigating to see to see who it is and and I have, oh, very cool i have yet to figure it out darren millard's not even going we talked to him yesterday but he's invited he he's just go. not going <laughs> he's just not going yeah yeah you know, i'm just invited and i know that you know however luckily i got on this list it won't happen again so i'm going yeah, and they're not paying for the trip either no 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 how much are the flights I haven't even booked yet. It's not great. Oh, it's what are you great. doing? Well, I just got the email two days ago. Oh, I would have been all over it. Well, if, and so I, then I would I have make sure like, it wasn't not, a scam. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, I, I I'm, and then I'm not going because it's $2,000 to fly. Yeah, I spent a day figuring out whether it was a scam and how I got on the list. Yeah. And then uh, the other half of the day going, wait a minute. Like, am I going to be like off the side of the east lawn behind a gate looking at these people 500 yards away? And you know I got terrible eyes. Like, I'll just watch it on TV. I can't see that far. You know, that won't be that cool. Um, so that was the other part of my investigation. You're going to be in the gallery right in front. I think so. I'm yeah. not sure about that. But but what I've heard is it's a small group. You should definitely go. Justin will be running up as uh, like Sleepy Joe tries to lift the Stanley Cup. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, this is 47 pounds. And Justin goes up and here's my card if you got hurt. I got to do the Travis Kelsey. You know, steal the mic. Did you see that when, oh, when the Kansas yeah, City Chiefs yeah. steals the mic? Yeah, you can't stop him. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Tell That'd us about cool. the food because the Chiefs, they also talked about the food there. So if they give you a meal. Yeah, I, I, I hear that we're part of that too. And it's not going to be, is that gonna be McDonald's. Oh, you might have to be a, a guest on uh, Broadcaster Bites, our okay. award-winning food yeah. podcast. I'll, you know what? I am not this guy, but I will, I will video the food spread for you guys and I'll, I'll give some commentary. Just for you guys. Oh, we can make a video out of it. Yeah. Our vast digital crew can get that done. Yeah, I your like broad, broadcast bites go to the White House. Like, that's a pretty big deal. We're so connected. Yeah. We are so connected. We don't know how we're connected. Nah. <laughs> like, we literally have no idea I, how um, we're connected, but you, we're connected. You want to know how popular uh, our Broadcaster Bites podcast is? I'm, I walked around to like nine restaurants sometimes, and I always say this, as chubby as I am, sometimes I get anxiety picking a restaurant. I'm like, oh, do I want this? So I'm walking around Albuquerque for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, I walk in places. I'm like, nah. And then finally I, I go to a chain joint. I'm sitting down, and I'm listening to some guy across the way, and he's, he's like doing some sort of announcements, and I figure, okay, he must be the press box announcer for New Mexico. And then five minutes later he's like, are you Steve? I'm like, wait a second. It turns out he, he used to work at UNLV, this guy John, and uh, he's been at New Mexico forever and a you know, very educated dude. And then he gave me the skinny and all the food around Albuquerque. But he's like, oh, I listen to the All Access podcast all the time, the bites. I agree with you on this. I'm like, all right. And he was not disappointed in you for being at a chain restaurant? Uh, yeah. I actually, I apologize ahead of time. I'm like, I go, I go, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but we actually, we put out Broadcaster Bites today and I admitted I went there. So sometimes you have to. I panicked. Yeah, I, panic. I mean, not you, you don't sometimes have to if you're doing a podcast literally on the I know, journey. I know, I panicked. <laughs> I set the example of letting I let people down. It's Cofield and Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, lots going on around the uh, UNLV community. By the way, last night. Uh, Nevada comes out a winner in their opening basketball game of the season. UNLV and the Wolfpack are basically in that group that is being picked for somewhere between third and seventh. Uh, the depth in the Mountain West Conference probably goes as deep as eight or nine. There are some teams at the bottom of the conference that, 
Well, you know what? I don't even want to say that because I think Air Force always surprises people. Wyoming, a lot of people think they're down. Uh, I've heard some good things about Wyoming. Uh, I didn't expect CSU to be as liked by media as uh, many have shown. I think Tim Miles is one of the best coaches in the league, so there's no really easy marks. Yesterday, the Pac-177-63. Pretty balanced scoring as uh, Lucas and Blackshear are back at the guard positions. Big backcourt, 6'7 and 6'4. They had 32 combined. Pretty balanced beyond that. Hunter McIntosh, who missed most of last year, transfer in from Elon. Uh, he came out of the gates with uh, 12 points and was 2 of 3 from 3. I don't know that this is a super deep team, but those first 8 or so are very good. And Alford's a good coach. So we'll see. We'll see who ends up on the uh, better end of the standings in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, getting ready for the opener tonight. Tip is at 7. Run Rebel warm-up is at 6.30 with John Sandler and Curtis Terry. Again, if you want to watch the game on TV, we'll be on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network with Matt Nevert and myself. I had a chance to talk to uh, Justin Webster, one of the super senior guards who is back for the Rebels. And one of the big news and notes items that uh, developed the last couple of days was the unveiling of a new floor at the Thomas and Mac. Kevin Kruger felt it was important, more investment in the program. And I asked Webster, I'm like, do players really care about a new floor? It does. I think for me personally, especially it's a brighter court, you know, it, it, it pops out a lot. You know, there's you know lights are shining brighter and, you know, they took, you know, took away lights, I think, from the stands. So, you know, the stands look darker. It just kind of reminds me of like Staples Center, you know, okay. all the lights on the court and it's dark on the outside. So I like that idea because, you know, um, makes us pop out a little bit more, makes us shine. So. This is probably going too deep, but there are floors that have dead spots. Yes. And I felt like sure. the last floor did have some dead for spots. Sure. Yes, most, most definitely. Most definitely. When you go out there to, uh, you know, when you're on the road opposing arenas, do you kind of test it out and you're like, oh, boy. I, I, always. Yeah. always. Um, especially for me, I'm always dribbling around the court trying to yeah. see if I can find any dead spots so yeah. I can be aware, like, let, let my team know, like, hey, might want to avoid dribbling over here. You know, they're kind of that dead spot right here. So um, just be on the lookout. Well, we've talked in the past that every shooter has a different method, um, mm -hmm. and every shooter wants to get a good feel for the opposing arena. and. I don't know. Can you recall an arena last year where you're like, hmm, you know what? I like this in warmups. And then in the game, I like this. I like the rim or I like the net or I like the um, back, backdrop. Surprisingly, San Jose. San Jose is very small, but every time I go in there, I love shooting in there. Really? With no one there? No, with no one there. I love shooting in there. It's, it's, I don't know what, I don't know what it, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like their, their rim is very bouncy. So like any layup that hits the rim or any ball that hits the rim kind of bounces out. But, um, I mean, I love it. I, the, there in Boise State, I love the most. Oh, wow. Okay. Very those. different arenas. Yeah, very different arenas. So offseason for you, what'd you do? Um, put some more muscle on, uh, try to get in better shape. You know, one thing going into last year, especially early on, I didn't feel like I was in the best shape. I didn't really get into the best shape later on in the year, which is really why um, I, str I struggled shooting early, but was able to pick it up, you know, later on. So um, just getting in more shape, put up some more muscle on and um, continue to shoot the ball. As I've been doing. I feel like you were sick last year for the, in the beginning. Or was that two years ago? Two we, years ago. We've both been around too yeah. long. Yeah, two years uh, ago. <laughs> well, in your case, it's, it's been good. It's been, it's been a good deal. Um, so you're back for another year. Um, that decision, I mean, were you going to go somewhere else? Or were you just going to be done with school? What were you going to do? Um, to be honest with you, I was I was planning on entering the transfer portal. Um, I kind of, like, at the, end of, at the end of the year, after we lost to Boise, I was kind of stuck in between staying here and going somewhere else. You know, right before I left to go back home to talk with my parents, um, you know, I had a meeting with all the coaches, everybody that was in there, everybody that I truly cared about. Um, they was all in there, you know, preaching 
you know, what I've done for this organization, what I've done for them, what I've done for the culture of UNB basketball. And, um, you know, eventually it just came down to, you know, just being just trusting Krug and, and the coaching staff. Um, you know, um, I kind of didn't really want to go anywhere else and start over. Because, you know, once you go somewhere else, you got to start over. you got to build a reputation, you know, again and everything. But I already have a good one here. I've already built trust with the coaches. And so that's basically what it came down to. We're talking to Justin Webster. Those meetings, when you sit down and they're, you know, they're maybe they're pitching you or you're asking questions, do they actually lay out a plan? Like, do they lay out like, hey, these are some of the guys we're going after. This is why you're going to want to stay. Or this is how close we are on DJ Thomas. Uh, no, they didn't. They didn't tell me anything. They just, really? They just really said that, you know, um, they really just told me, like, just trust us because they knew last year's group, you know, last year's group, you know, we were successful towards the end. Guys had their own, you know, guys had, guys had their own thing, you know, some dudes were uncoachable and coaches, you know, being uncoachable coaches is, is hard for coaches to coach. So um, they, all they really preached to me was, you know, trust us. We're going to bring in the right guys. We got some, some good guys in mind. And um, I think you'll be excited with the group that we can bring in. And so that's what it, that's what I, that's what I believe. How much true point guard do you play at Hawaii? My first year, I played point guard the whole year. So I never played, I, I never really played the two my first year at Hawaii. My second year at Hawaii, I never played the one. I went from being a like combo point guard my first year to like really handling the ball, getting the field, being comfortable, you know, against the press and everything to my second year, not even playing it at all. Then to come out here, DJ gets hurt and I got to jump right back into it. So it was very weird to me, you know, getting back yeah, into yeah. that, getting back into that role. But at the same time, um, I love challenges, so I just took on the challenge to try to do everything I can to make sure, um, you know, the team was still flowing on offense, still getting, getting done what we need to get done. And you feel good about the depth behind DJ? Uh, you know, he's people are going to go after him. He's yeah, going to get sure. beat up. So for sure. back up point sure. guard and then a third option, maybe a fourth option is going to be needed. For sure. I think we'll be ready. I mean, you know, whatever happens, we'll be ready for it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, look ahead for a second. The scout on Southern sounds very interesting. Kevin Kruger told us a whole new team. Mm-hmm. So what do you have so far on the scout? Um. You know, they got a couple guys that are really good guys. You know, a couple guys that's really going to go out to you, really got, really going to challenge us. Um, but, you know, our main thing is keeping the ball in front. You know, we keep the ball in front, keep them from playing in transition. They're a transition team. You know, they play really hard. They're trying to run and gun. So um, as long as we can limit those transition buckets and make them score in the half court, I think we'll be right where we want to be. Last year, so much of the start and then the rebound towards the end was about defense. Um, Parquet was great, and then he got hurt, and that kind yep. of changed the, the look of the team. He was the stopper. He was mm-hmm. one of the stoppers. Do you have a stopper on this team, and is it more of a wing versus a guard? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we have a stopper. I think this team is predicated on team defense. We all, you know, play defense off of each other. We all do we, we all do um, things differently, good things differently. And, um, you know, Lou's length, uh, me and DJ's quickness, Jalen's length, um, Ice's length and his size, KB's length and size. I think everybody brings something different. So um, I think for us this year, it's going to be all about team defense. And our team defense is what's going to bring us over the edge. Did I make a misstatement that it was really team defense last year, but that Parquet wasn't technically a stopper, or was he kind of just the head of the defense? Uh, I think Parquet was kind of our head, the head of the defense. I yeah. think we trusted him with um, – you know, uh, best players, we put him in positions to guard the best players. And so I think initially last year he was our stopper. And I think this year it's more of a team defense predicated team. I'm curious to see what you think about a lot of the experts. And I don't think they really know the rosters around the conference. Have you guys, some of them have you guys sixth, mm-hmm. seventh? Mm-hmm. Is that a little, bit of motiv- a little bit of motivation for you guys? Or for you, sure. You're not sure. rated? For sure. We, we, we try not to pay attention to it, but obviously we see it. You know, we all we all see it. We're all on social media, so we all see it. But um, it's motivation. You know, Coach tells us all the time, you know, they picked us sixth. But um, at the end of the day, we know we know who we are. 
we've seen, you know, we battled against the UAE, we battled against USC, we battled against Missouri State. So we see how good we can be. And I think if we just go out there and play like we know how we can play, I mean, there's no no question we can be right there one, two, three range. Well, I don't remember anyone saying that Justin Webster a year ago would shoot, you know, in Mountain West Conference play over 45%. And I'll, I think you guys have some sleepers on this team. And I don't think a lot of people have done research on one of the guys, and that's Rob Whaley, mm-hmm. who I got a shout out. I'm sure you you said you added some weight. Yep. My God, when I, I saw him up at Boise and, and, and some of the media members went up to watch Southern Idaho, and he was a big guy. He's yeah. 260, 270 Huge. pounds. Look, I mean, look at him now. Yeah, lost a lot of weight. He's lost a lot of weight. And that, that's the, does that not set a tone for the rest of the team? That, well, hey, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He was, um, you know, shout out to him. He really dedicated himself to getting in shape and losing that weight. You know, not eating sweets, not eating fast food, kind of eating the greens, eating eating everything, he, eating healthy things that he needed to slim up and, and get his body right and get in shape. So shout out to him for doing that. You know, I give him all that. You know, we all give him, we all give him, you know, we all make fun of him. We all... Uh, get on him about his weight and size, but at the end of the day, he's done a really good job of slimming down and, and being prepared for um, the season. So proud of him. It's gonna be rough on the road. In other words, uh, you guys get full pizza sometimes. Sorry, yeah. Rob. Yeah, we split that up. You yeah, get one like, slice. Yeah, nah, but you can't. You get one slice, dog. You gotta. You know, we got the salad over here for you, man. We got the salad over here. So the funny thing about that is, and that was Justin Webster. Talked to him the other day. We're getting ready for running Rebels basketball tonight, six thirty with the pregame, and seven o'clock with the tip. Whaley's my guy. So when I saw him commit last year, I was like, wow, okay, this is a very interesting prospect. The guy was 6'5", 6'6", and pushing like 270, 280. And his background, he was over 300 pounds, you know, coming out of high school. So he went to junior college, and he slowly trimmed down. But I'm telling you, the difference between when I saw him, I think it was at Boise, and now, come on, he's like, he's like ripped up up top like super muscular, and then he's got giant legs, uh, big calves. And he's one of the guys that I think, you know, I'm looking back at the uh, selections by selected media for the Mountain West Conference standings. San Diego State won with 25 votes. Boise State is my pick. Uh, They got just four votes. They're second. New Mexico and Nevada each got a first-place vote. They're third and fourth. Colorado State is fifth. Uh, UNLV is sixth. San Jose State, Fresno State, Utah State, Wyoming, Air Force. I, This is nothing against the people who do these selections, but I don't think they research each of the, uh, each of the programs well enough. I'll tell you right now, they have most voters have no idea what Utah State has. It's an entirely new, te- uh, new team. Most voters have no idea who Wyoming has because they had this mass exodus, and I don't I'm guessing most of the voters have one or are underscoring how much of a difference DJ Thomas can make. I think there's some hangover when people look at UNLV and they've had lots of over the years. I mean, this is going to sound crazy. They've had a good number of top 25 recruits going back to the beginning of the Rice era up until now. You know, like even Marvin Menzies. Brandon McCoy was a top 25 player. You know, and then there's guys like Zim, Anthony Bennett, right? I think because most of them came in. Bennett Bennett was a good college player for a year. But most of them were a little bit underwhelming. That there's some sort of hangover effect. So they look at top recruits when they come in and they're like, ah, oh, it's UNLV. They must be overrated. I'm like, nah, 
I think DJ Thomas can be pretty good. Health withstanding, I think he's going to be pretty good. And then the other part of it, I think people are underrating the impact of Jalen Hill and Caleb Boone. We'll get into Keelan Boone in a couple of minutes after the break. But we saw Harkless come in, Damon, and Harkless was a pretty good player. A guy was around 9 or 10 points a game, and he exploded over 20. Well, they've got two uh, double-digit scorers from the Big 12 this time around in Caleb uh, Boone and Jalen Hill. So we'll get into those guys a little more as we get to the 5 o'clock hour. It's Cofield and company getting ready for a run Rebel game. It's coming up at 7 o'clock with a tip. And before that, leading into it, Ariota Radio Show is coming up at 5.30. Caleb Herring, Eric Harper, the coach, Derek Parkway Tavern at 2.15 and Flamingo. It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. Demond is here. It's Cofield. We've got lots of UNLV-related programming on the way. Barry Odom Radio Show starts up half hour early, 5.30, and then uh, 6.30 with uh, Running Rebel Warm-Up with John and Curtis. Uh, Big specials tonight. I'll roll those out for you here. In just a second, they're going to have great specials at the Thomas & Mack all season long. UNLVtickets.com is how to get out there and get into the Thomas & Mack for UNLV and Southern. Saturday, 4 o'clock, they play Stetson, and then they hit the road for an extended road trip. They're going to go to Malibu to take on Pepperdine, and then they're going to fly to Daytona, Florida, where they'll take on Florida State on Monday. I feel like I'm jumping ahead already. I think I am. That's two weeks away, isn't it? Yeah. Like, no, that's next week. Yeah. So uh, Daytona for Florida State. It's all. It's like the crossover, everything, football, basketball. Um, take on Florida State on a Monday, and then uh, depending on if they win they will or lose, uh, they will play Richmond or Colorado. So basketball season's here for college basketball. All right, Damon, did you come up with a uh, win total number looking through the schedule? You can hold on. You can hold on. I'm looking at the schedule right okay. now. Do you have any questions for me in coming up your with your win number? Off the bat, how good do you think Dayton's going to be? <laughs> I think that'll be a tough road trip. Yeah, because it's oh, a, they, yeah. Lost, they lost some key players. Um, New Mexico took in one of their bigs, Dayton's bigs, and one of my favorite players from Dayton – is a kid named uh, Mongolian Mike. I can't pronounce his last name. His dad actually played for the Globetrotters. Um, I think he's the first major, like high-level Division One player ever from Mongolia. He's now on San Francisco. It's like point forward, good three-point shooter, great passing, but they've suffered some losses. And St. Mary's should be a fun one. St. Mary's going to be a challenge, and yeah. it's on the road at a neutral in Phoenix. By the way, St. Mary's is playing. St. Mary's in the WCC, West Coast Conference. They're playing five Mountain West Conference teams in the non-con. Randy Bennett told us at Mountain West Conference, West Coast Conference Media Day, that it's like trying to get matchups against good programs, like trying to get Power Five to play them has become really tough. They certainly can't get them up there in what? Is it Moraga? I always get this wrong. Uh, California for St. Mary's. So – He's like, why not cross over with the Mountain West Conference a bunch? 
They did it last year. They're doing it again. Because hmm. I'm looking at and I want to, and that's, then I see Creighton on the schedule, and it's Creighton here. I think Creighton is arguably their best non-con. Creighton's really good. Yeah. But I'm talking about when I'm like looking at WL, WL. Yeah, yeah. Creighton is 30 to 1 to win the national title. It's not like a favorite, but they're in the top 20. And remember, Creighton added not not only do they have a really good center in Kalk Brenner, seven footer, but they actually took from Utah State a rebel killer in little Stevie Ashworth, who was a pain in the keister. Man, this, this schedule. It's tougher. I hate to, yeah. They got out of the gates last year at, what, 10-1? and one? Yes. And they won that, uh, whatever that tournament was, where they beat Minnesota and a max school. Because just doing the first look at the schedule, win-loss, win-loss, 20 wins would be not daunting, but. I know. I've seen a bunch of people predict 22 wins. I'm like, they, are, they absolutely have to. I wouldn't call it clean up. How many non-con do they have? Is it 11? With the two games in Daytona? I should know this. I should have counted through the uh, but No, that means they would, because that's not on the schedule because it's not it's not factoring right. in who they play, so it would be 12. So 12 total games. Um, yeah, 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four at a minimum, and then you got to win 11 or 12 games in the conference, which... Winning beyond 12 has been tough for UNLV. Now, could they? Could they be a top three team? If everything works out and they stay healthy, could they be a top three team in the Mountain West Conference? Yes. Can they beat everyone in the Mountain West Conference? Ultimate upside. Yes. Yeah, they can beat San Diego State. They got, you know, they got jobbed a little bit because they play Boise only up there. Remember, they play at San Diego State to open conference play. But I'm telling you, if, if DJ Thomas is healthy – can give them 25 to 27 minutes a night. And for folks who don't know DJ Thomas, he's a local high school star. His dad played at UNLV. He was a 2024. He just turned 18. He reclassified to 2023. Legit top 25 recruit in the country. Top four point guard in the class. Turned down UCLA, Arizona, Gonzaga, Houston. He's good. If he stays healthy... And their big guns have to stay healthy. So, you know, Jalen Hill, Luis Rodriguez, who suffered a groin or inner thigh injury that kind of derailed him for a while last year. And I, I actually think – I think Caleb Boone can be awesome. So, Caleb and Keelan are – they're both like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, they're both around 2'10", 2'15", really long. Keelan was Oklahoma State because they went together at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Keelan transferred to Pacific. He averaged about 14 points a game. He shot 41% from three. So he's the 6'8", six, 6'9", six, brother who bombs. Caleb, who, by the way, is going to miss the Southern game, suspended for a game. He is a guy, if you look at his numbers, he never shoots threes. He is a wispy, long inside player. And I'm telling you, when you watch him, if you didn't watch Oklahoma State – I got to see a bunch of practices at practice. He's one of those guys where the ball gets in the lane, he gets it, and he's one of those dudes where all of a sudden he just springs up and slam. And you're like, whoa, okay. That kind of came from out of nowhere. Really quick leaper. And a dude, I think for his career, 
I don't think he shot in any year at Oklahoma State worse than 53-5. And last year was 57%. You would be correct. But my question here, especially with Caleb, because he's the one that doesn't shoot, yeah. Only seeing four rebounds a game here. Who's gonna be who's gonna be the board getter on this team? It's gonna have to be the small forwards too. So Jalen Jalen Hill is really intriguing. So Clark High School, he's come back. Uh Kevin Kruger beat out Marvin Menzies to get him, kind of. Uh, Jalen Hill is kind of a jack of all trades. Kruger mentioned him being one of the backup point guards. And then the other day at practice, I'm watching him and Rob Whaley, who we talked about last hour, you know. 6'5", 250, 6'6", 250. He and Jalen Hill were working on their post moves. (laughs) So so Jalen Hill could be a power forward. He could be a center in a smaller lineup. And that's the other thing. They have a lot of versatility. They're going to have to team rebound. And Kruger has talked about this a lot. Rebounding is not purely about size. It's about effort. So you can have a bunch of guys who are – 6'5 to 6'8 on the front line. And if they do what they're supposed to do and work hard, they can outwork bigs. Yeah, I would say they have to be consistent rebounding. And they do have to make sure that they're respectable from three. Man, we're on the same page because that's my other big concern. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to be able to see it tonight against Southern because I think it was 19 and a half that they're favored by, so, so they should win this game. Are they going to be able to shoot consistently from three? And as much as I like to... Oh, the press box is too negative in the in the mornings. Tyler was right about the defense; it just didn't hold up when it came to the mountain in the Mountain West Conference. You know, the schedule, the conference play, the defense didn't hold up. Also, right. that's due to injuries, but just the type of scheme that they were playing. Sometimes that switch everything approach doesn't hold up. I don't think they're going to do it all the time. I think they will pull it off if it's not working. I think they're going to use multiple looks. So that was a mistake last year. One, they were adjusting without Parquet at the head of the defense, and I don't think they realize the impact, the negative impact of not having him out there. Um, and then you also got – you have Mountain West coaches who were scouting for two games against UNLV, and they, they caught up quick on the adjustment. And then I thought UNLV got it back mostly defensively the rest of the way. They also – listen, the players won't say it specifically – but multiple players have mentioned in interviews that we're all on the same page this year. And Webster, in that interview last hour, even mentioned it's hard to coach guys who are playing for themselves. And listen, let's call it like it, it is. And I think people, what are you trying to say, Steve? Well, who who faded as the season went along and would would start games and then Kruger was like, all right, get out, and then wouldn't play a whole lot? Keyshawn Gilbert. Oh, true. true. And – Gilbert was probably their second best defender, so think about that. Now you've got Parquet out. They get out to this 10-1 start. Parquet gets hurt against Washington State, and then he was he came back for a little bit, but he was never the same. Then Keyshawn Gilbert kind of just lost it mentally. He was just he was just weird in games. He'd start on a game, a couple of turnovers, he'd look into the sideline like, what should I do? Like, what should you do? Let's go. Come on. But I think that's that's sort of what they're hinting at, that they had a couple of guys who just decided to go out on, on their own. And, um, yeah, frankly, I don't think they were very worried about Keyshawn moving on. And he, he actually started off with a really good game for Iowa State. 27 minutes, no turnover, 17 points. We'll see how consistent he is throughout the year. And maybe he, need, maybe he needs an Ots-type coach. 
whatever that is. Otz is the one who recruited him initially. So maybe it'll work. But it wasn't working last year on this team. So, yeah, the, the, the defense has to be able to be more multiple this year than last year, and I think it will be. Um, I think rebounding will be fine. They've got some rim protectors. Caleb Boone is a rim protector. So I know he doesn't grab a lot of rebounds, but he shoots you know, above 56%. He's, I think if you look at his blocks the last couple of years, he's averaged like one and a half blocks. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, you know, elephant in the room, the, the Mountain West overall is a step down from the Big 12. It just is. Which means that if I – don't, I don't think any of these guys are going to turn into what Elijah Harkless did last year where he was like 23 points a game in Mountain West Conference play. I think they're more balanced. But look at how he exploded in the Mountain West. And you've got multiple guys who already started, played important roles in the Big 12 coming to the Mountain West Conference. So I think they're, they're going to be good. But, again, I didn't say the Mountain West Conference is easy. There we go. And the travel, it doesn't suck. But the, the arenas are tough. A bunch of them are at elevation. Some are full. Some are completely empty. It's a weird road conference. And there's there's players who drop down just like UNLV has. There's players who drop down in this conference, and you're like, okay, that guy that guy averaged, you know, six points a game at power five. Now all of a sudden he's, you know, solid player contributing eleven a game. I mean, Wyoming has a kid Walters who was a NIA NAIA player of the year, like 27 points a game. He's going to miss the non-con. They've got a Fort Lewis transfer. who's probably going to be their second leading scorer. Like players come out from out of the woodwork in this conference sometimes. So, have I helped you? Are you going to go 23, 24 wins? Or no, I'm still, I'm still not going to do that because – You're going to go like 19? Yeah, that's, I think that's where I'm going to have to stay because when it comes to just putting the ball in the hoop, is Luis Rodriguez, is he going to be the number one option? I think the plan is that he would be the number one option. He's got to take a step up in terms of consistency, and he's got to shoot the three ball better this yeah, year. Yeah, because I was going to say I liked him a lot last year. No, I think but he, that he shot. I think he shot at twenty nine percent for the season, and he had some really big games. But keep in mind, I think he only scored twenty plus in one game. But the the he's got all the goods to jump. Uh, he was at I think for the season like thirteen points per game. Was it lower? Was it eleven? He finished yeah ten point seven. So let's okay, just ten point seven. But he he's one of those guys who has the ability, if he if he's there every night and his stroke is consistent, he could be a 14, 15-point-per-game guy. I think Boone can be up there. I think DJ Thomas will be able to score enough where he's at least 8, 9, 10 points per game. I think Jalen Hill will be in that same range, like 12 and 7 maybe, 12.7 rebounds. So you can see there's a lot of guys who can contribute. I think Isaiah Cottrell will have a role where he's not a pure big, um, but he's going to bring a stretch element, and he'll have rim protection. He's legit 6'10", 6'11". And he can shoot the three, so he brings the stretch element as well. Yeah, this is one of the first times since I've been not so much covering the team but following it closely that there isn't a, I don't want to say a me guy, but there isn't a bucket getter on this roster. Where it's that's just that one guy who's just going to, going back to, let's say, Jalen Poyser, where you like you just know that there's going to be a guy on the <laughs> Jaylen team. Jalen Poyser. Yeah, there's just a guy on the team, like one of those guards okay. that's just, hey, clear out. And I might not always get it, but I'm about to go try to get a bucket right here. All right. Where you just, like, you know, some people call it me ball, hero ball, but no, I don't you, see that. No, you need, it's, it's uh, I don't see that guy on the roster this year. It's end of the shot clock guy. Yeah. So you need him. So the first choice right now 
would probably be Luis Rodriguez, Lou Rod. But it, it also it, we don't let's watch the games and see how this unfolds. We don't know what sort of scorer DJ Thomas is going to be. All I've heard I is watch that him in they practice. just want him to he be a true he, point guard. He doesn't shoot a whole lot. He he wanted to blend in, pass the ball, be the leader. But great point guards, once they feel comfortable, if they got to take it, they can take it. But I'm I'm never going to put expectations on a freshman because you never know how that first year is going to go. And what's the status with the hand? Um, he's a go. He's a full go, and it's his left hand. And uh, Kruger said to us yesterday that he won't have a minutes restriction. Like he does, he's not gonna have. He shouldn't have any issues with stamina because it was a hand. He was still working out yeah. and doing his cardio. So he's an X factor. And as I as I said earlier, I don't know what Rob Whaley's gonna be, but six five two fifty two sixty can jump. <laughs> um, he can handle the ball enough. He might play center sometimes. We'll see. That's another adjustment. Juco to this level can be an adjustment, but he's got he's got some good skills. Yeah, so we're I'm very much toggling between, boy, this could be really good, or let's be cautious. And I think I'm leaning more, and I'm now more on. Did I talk you? Let's I, be cautious. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> you've talked me to you know being braggadocious fan of they can always win the Mountain West. To hey, you know well, what, that's, guys? Oh, that's that is uh, that has been a mistake for. Years and years and years because people – it's like Groundhog's Day. They just reset the year and they're like, oh, Mountain West is not that good. Yep. They had a national title title runner-up last year. What, they have four total? Make the NCAA tournament? Now the conference has to start winning more of these games. But, no, this conference – it's a good conference. You say that? I, it's one of those things where when we run down UNLV's actual roster and the projections and, you know, what can these actual players do, mm-hmm. I get a little hesitant. But then when you say, but this is a good conference, how good is it really (laughs) that we can't win it? So They have the ultimate upside of being a top three team. Top three? Yes. I think San Diego State's going to be very good, but they did lose some really important players. And uh, Bradley was a low percentage end of the shot clock guy. But, well, in his case, he had big games against UNLV. And I think Nathan Mensa as a defensive player um, may have been the most impactful player in the conference. I don't know. What do you want to go back to, like, Joel Anthony? You know? Like that. He's one of the best big men I've ever seen being stretched out to the perimeter and being able to cover pick and roll. Just come on. That's that's far beyond my time. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. Maybe so, not that much. I don't know if I screwed you up there, but I'm just telling you. I, I feel like we missed other contributors. Who, el- who else on the roster did we not talk about? We talked about Webb. Hopefully Justin Webster can shoot about 40% again from three. So he's a good sniper. Talked about you've both got, Boons. You, you've, got, you've got Big Carl, who will give him like 10, 15 minutes as a power guy. 250 will knock people around. We didn't mention Brooklyn Hicks who's another potential X factor. I don't know that he's going to get a ton of playing time early, but if they need him, super fast guy, can score. I don't know if he's a pure shooter. I feel like I'm missing someone really important. Shane Noel? That's a good one. Now, right now he's dinged up. 
So tonight he may not play because oh, he's right, got an ankle. ankle. Yeah, the ankle. But he's another one of those. So they built a team that they want to play positionless basketball. He's a guy who can play out to the two, and if they need him to play center at six 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 seven, he can do that too. And he may, well, I don't know, next to DJ Thomas and maybe one other person, he may actually be the best pure passer on the team. So there could be a big jump from him as well. But this is basketball, right? That's why when you break down the teams, you're like, could be, could be, could be. Could be, could be, could be. I expect him to finish, I'll say cautiously, um, I expect him to finish above sixth. So I'll go I'll go a little higher than the media picked him. So you're saying fifth. Well, <laughs> well I, I may go as high as fourth. They just, again, they can't be a freaking mash unit midway through the season. But how many how many wins do you give them overall to finish fifth or fourth in the conference? Um, I think they'd have to win. You got to win twelve. Got to win twelve. That's a lot of games. In conference, yeah. That first conference, and and it has not been an easy mark for UNLV to get to. I know that somebody's got to play them first, but that first conference game being at San Diego State, yeah. Pain in the pain in the ass. Yeah. Yes. Um, real quick, uh, one more thing around the conference. Uh, let's watch Boise the next couple weeks. I don't know what's going to happen here. Their best wideout quit. Eric McAllister, forty-six catches. I think like eight hundred seventeen yards. Six-four dude from Texas, just went into the portal on Monday or Tuesday. It's funny. I looked. I was looking up his name to do a little research on him, and I think I saw a September twenty-first, twenty twenty-three story. That said, uh, like everything has finally come together for Eric McAllister, and well, they're four and five, so he's out. So down the stretch here is going to be crazy in the football race in the Mountain West Conference. Um, you sent me a story. How? What's wrong? No, I just think it's funny because I was like, well, let me look this up. Actually, yeah, just I'm out of here. How do you like it, coaches? I mean, what does that say? I, I mean, I hope it's the only guy who's doing that, but that sounds like that's that's a team that's getting frayed. Fractured, right? Mm-hmm. Man, it's nice to see. Um, I was voting today for the Nevada Sportscaster of the Year, Nevada Sports Writer of the Year. I didn't finish my ballot. I will work on it later. But I didn't realize that I was actually wasting my time a little bit because what is Jason Kelsey up for? People's Sexiest Man Alive. Hmm. We know it, you know. People like Brad Pitt. Do they give a whole list, or it's just he's in the running? He's in the running. There were some finalists. I can't, I can't remember the other ones because Jason. I think Tim- Timothy Chalamet. Let me get this right. Not Travis Kelsey. Nope. Jason Kelsey. Yep. Hmm. I was listening to the New Heights podcast, and uh, J- according to Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey is the number one jersey seller when it comes to female fans in the NFL. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he seems like a man's man. Wow, is that right? He's got a Christmas album coming out soon. Did Patrick Dempsey get it last? No, what, what the hell's going on here? That, no, that, no. How old is that one? Yeah, that's got to be old. I feel like the results are in. Is Jason Kelsey? Is he going to be people's sexiest man alive? Eh, Hemsworth, that guy. David Beckham. Uh, the Rock wanted one I mean, year. right... Is this old? What's going on here? 
I guess I should click on stories before we do them. Um, Travis Kelsey's on the list. Harry Styles. I was going to make a crack, but I like what he does with his dresses, but maybe not that whole Jason Kelsey man's man thing. You know, every man is different, right, John? You know what's funny? I'm on the People site right now on Sexiest Man Alive. I was looking for Jason Kelsey. Travis is three, and then I look in the corner, and the pop-up video is Travis Kelsey getting his getting his pokes twice. He's everywhere. Do I, is the computer listening? Yes, it is. Of course it is. Travis Kelsey's just that big of a star. Pierce Brosnan? That gives us all hope. He's like 74 years old. No, that's got to be a previous winner. It's... Do you think they're listing previous winners? They have to be listing previous winners. I'm telling you. You, you mentioned Patrick Dempsey. Man, it says we have the definitive list of guys, people, readers, swoon over. This Golden Bachelor thing is like the 70-year-old dudes are back in the mix now. The 70-year-old dudes are back in the mix now. They are. They are. All right. Here's what we got coming up. Barry Odom Radio Show. 5.30. It's been about seven minutes. I'm sure right now they're trying to connect with you, so they might be freaking out. <laughs> you, want, you want to take a break 30 seconds earlier? Want me to get out? So we got Barry Odom Radio Show coming up, 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, basketball, run Rebels, warm-up, that's at 6.30, and then tip at 7. So stick around. Lots of Rebel material, football talk, and a Rebel game. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we're going to be around in a couple minutes, so you'll hear us again.